0: Welcome to another episode of From Concept to Company. On this show, we dive in deep with current and aspiring entrepreneurs to learn about their pain points, things they wish they knew before they started, and their successes to date. This week, we're excited to have Catherine Jacobs, the owner of Umbrella Bookkeeping, a full-service bookkeeping firm servicing small to medium-sized businesses in the for-profit and non-profit sectors. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me today. I know it's a little different having the podcast remotely, but I'm so excited to to have you on the show. I know I can probably see you in a weird way um, through my window here. You guys are located in Las Vegas.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am happy to be here.
0: Yay, I know. COVID is so weird. I wish we could have done this in person since you're in town and it would have been great. We used to do this fun thing where we would set out cupcakes and we'd have our guests bring in their favorite mug and um, talk a little bit about the reason why oh. they're like committed to that mug and why it makes them happy. And, um, so it's very personable. So for all of our listeners, again, if maybe you didn't chime into our last one that we had, uh, last one we had on with Daniel Jacobs, the owner of Mr. Camera, who also happens to be your husband. Um, this was so fun to have <laughs> you guys back to back, but yeah, we, we shared with our guests. We're like, mm, this one's going to be a little different because we're not going to talk about the the, uh, the mugs. The and... mugs.
1: Well, I hope that Dan shared that his favorite mug is his umbrella bookkeeping mug.
0: <laughs> I love that. So for all of our listeners that aren't familiar with your brand, if you could tell us a little bit about, just start off with um, what you guys do. Obviously, it's pretty self-explanatory for most people are that f- are familiar, but for all the... New business owners, they might not know exactly what bookkeeping is. I know when we first started, some of our clients would get very confused, the difference between a sure. bookkeeper and a CPA.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like you said, we're, we're a full-service bookkeeping firm. And, and really, the nuts and bolts of what that is is assisting our clients to track their revenue and their expense throughout the year. So a lot of the things that, that we do are accounting functions. But the main difference between a bookkeeper and, and a CPA is that the CPA helps you to file your taxes at the end of the year, and we work with you throughout the year so that when that time comes, you are prepared and have everything in order to just hand over to that CPA and get that tax return done. And that's kind of the, the the nuts and bolts of what we do, like I said, but we also assist our clients with things like payroll as well as administrative tasks that sometimes can be pretty burdensome to small business owners, Uh, things like insurance and secretary of state renewals, just all the little nuances that that go on behind the scenes of, of small businesses.
0: There's so many of them, too. And that's why we're like, okay, we need to launch something to fill in the gap for all those business owners that they have good intentions, they want to start a company, they're passionate about something and then they miss these vital steps and they, you know, go to a CPA and the CPA is like, Oh, I need, you know, who's your bookkeeper? Where's, where's all your stuff? You can't Mm -hmm. just hand me over, you know, your account uh, credentials for your bank. And then, you know, clients will not know that they need to, Pay payroll taxes and all of these really fun, important things <laughs> uh, when it comes to running a business. So it's so great yeah. to have a resource like yours um, so that they don't miss those steps and they know what they need to be prepared.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, business owners, I love working with my clients because I love the passion that entrepreneurs and, and small business owners have for their fields and their industry and I mean the drive that I see in my clients is incredible, um, but so much of being a business owner is compliance, and and that's not what fuels their passion, right? That's that's the part they they don't want to focus on. So that's that's where I come in, and just kind of assist them on the back end to make sure that they're compliant, that they are you know maximizing their tax deductions throughout the year. And just kind of, you know, in case any red flags come up, I'm there to say, hey, you know, you might want to consider this or look at something from a different angle, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, and a lot of people uh, will pick bookkeepers that don't give those extra benefits or suggestions. So I love that, um, you know, your brand is able to provide those suggestions to, to clients. There's so many of our clients over the years through Cardi Media, again, um, my other company, uh, where we see people miss important things or, you know, they're, they're right. paying for one type of business when the tax benefits of a, a different type of business structure would be better for them. And there's certain things that they can do to help with their growth. Um, when you start to look at their revenue model and what their profits are, it's like, okay, it's time. Maybe you should think about bringing on a team instead wow. of paying so much in taxes, like you'd be paying that in taxes. Maybe you should bring on a team. So, um, and, and just being proactive, right? You yes. know, and I think that's, that's
1: the big difference. There, there's a lot of bookkeeping firms that are very reactive, and, and simply taking your data, putting it into a spreadsheet, spitting out a P&L. and l And while yes, we do that. And um, we also kind of take the, the extra step to be proactive. And, and, and you know, turn it into a service based business accounting in general is um, not known for the best bedside manner, and 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 we kind of you know try to try to change that and make it our own, and really be proactive and involved with our clients. And and honestly, the relationships become pretty intimate. We're we're you know seeing their finances, but we're also talking them through you know, a lot of decision-making processes throughout their careers, and, and it develops a very strong relationship. It's, it's actually really nice. It's one of my favorite things about what I do. Mm,
0: I love that. And, and we dive into that, I feel like, in almost every class, how important it is to create those personal relationships with clients, not just, obviously, because, females being females um no against mm-hmm. nothing against males but we're, we tend to be compassionate and we want to get to know the people that we're working with and be connected on a higher level
1: yeah
0: um yeah but it just it really helps the company grow and to create those relationships is so valuable um tell me a little bit about why you got into bookkeeping how you got into bookkeeping what brought you to where you're sitting today
1: yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a, a roundabout story, but I think that that most entrepreneurs are um I actually got started in the food and beverage industry. Um I left high school going to culinary school and uh, wanted to you know own restaurants and I was entrepreneurial in that way, but very focused on on the food and beverage side of things. I loved cooking, um loved entertaining, things like that. And uh, my brother and I actually opened our first restaurant when I was 23. And very quickly, I found that I was good at the finance piece. It was the paperwork, it was all of the things that my brother didn't want to do that I did. Um, And, you know, then um, as I got a little bit older and wanted to. Start a family, um, I decided to really fully make that switch into the accounting side of things um, because as much as I love the food and beverage industry, uh, many people would agree with me that it doesn't super allow for the best schedule when it comes to um, having a family. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a career switch for me, and and I started doing just freelance bookkeeping, um, you know, friends and family, small referrals. And the, the idea was for it to be something that I did from home um, as a young mom. It, it quickly grew. And, you know, I've just been so blessed over the past few years. But we, you know, we now have over 75 clients nationwide. Um, we are a team of six. Actually, our seventh team member is joining us next week Mm. and so we've been growing just really consistently over the last four years and it's been it's been a a really fun ride it definitely wasn't what I envisioned when I started (laughs) but it is everything I could ask for
0: (laughs) that's amazing I'm actually staring at your about page right now with your team and I was going to ask you about that it's hard starting off um (laughs) you know you know from from home I'm I don't have kids or family yet but um you know working from home and then making that decision on when to grow and when to continue to grow and bring people on and, you know, let go of some responsibility and all of that fun stuff. So tell us a little bit about that experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that that's probably one of the biggest challenges I've had is, is making those key decisions as to when to take the next step. And I feel like, you know, not just in my experience, but from what I've seen with other business owners, Whenever you're going to take a big step like that, you always have to take one step backwards first. And it's that step backwards that's really, really scary. You know, whether that be a financial investment by bringing on a team member or, you know, a, a lot of different components to it, you almost have to make a sacrifice in order to take that next big jump. So for me, you know, it, it kind of happened organically. I would get to the point where it was just a little bit too much work for me to handle on my own but I'd need to take a hit financially in order to bring someone on. Um, it, it was always a risk I was able to take, um, and, it, and it always paid off. So I would, I would take a small financial hit, bring a, a new person on, and that additional person would open up so much more capacity that um, that the growing pain kind of worked itself out. And, you know, rinse and repeat six times, and, and here we are. And I, I still find myself, you know, every time we're going to grow a little bit, I, I feel that kind of fear of, is this the right time? You know, am, am I getting too far ahead of myself? But I, I've learned that I just have to trust the process. And it's been really, it's been a blessing. Uh, my team is amazing. I, I couldn't do any of what I do without them. And I think we've all really grown together, which has been a really cool experience.
0: Yeah, I I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that same thing. And just, it's so scary taking that step and taking that, you know, financial, um, hit essentially, right? To be able to bring that additional person on. But then there's always this sigh of relief after a certain point when they're really settled in. You're like, okay. yes, Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's almost better than the money. You're like, oh gosh, I can breathe. I have some support. This is amazing. Yeah. It's definitely... Definitely is um, a relieving feeling.
0: Yeah. And then it's crazy because a certain period, I, I'm i sure it's the same for you, but just again, from own experience and from, you know, our, uh, some of our clients, there's that big, deep sigh of relief and then you have the support and then you get this influx of more clients and then you yeah. have to rinse it. Like you said, rinse and repeat and we just do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's a great problem that. to have, right? Growth. It's a
1: great, great problem to have. But it is scary and you know, it is really, really challenging. Um, we're right now we're we're in an interesting position because we we've experienced so much growth. But our like our, our crunch time is January, which, which is where we are right now because that's our tax time, right? That's when we wrap up everybody's prayer year books and, and um really dive in and it's a very, very in-depth month for us. And so to have all this growth throughout the year and have it come full circle in January and just see that we've got the right people in the right places, you know, we're, we're getting the work done, it really it really shows that, you know, you made the right decisions and, and it is paying off
0: yeah i I'm, I'm like speechless <laughs> cuz i couldn't be in more in alignment it's just for all of you listeners out there if you're scared to take that step there are a lot of businesses that i've also seen on the other side of the coin where they don't take that leap and they get overwhelmed and they get burnt out or they start you know yeah. they take on more than they can handle and then they have clients that are upset so um Take a, take
1: a yeah, step back. And, and on that, you know, I'll share one other, one other thing that maybe, maybe might be helpful to someone listening. But when I first started, when I first brought on my, my very first team member, you know, it was part time. It was, you know, Hey, you know, I'll pay you an hourly rate and I just need help here and there. And it was actually a friend of mine who was my very first employee and you don't have to take the full commitment right in the beginning, you know, you can find ways to kind of ease into it as it makes sense for, for your business. So um you want to have that, that full time help eventually, but you don't always have to kind of take that big leap right at the beginning. And I definitely eased into it. Um it just, it just was a never ending. It was like, kind of like a snowball, you know, mm-hmm. once you start, all of a sudden you look and, you're managing all of these people and it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's really cool. It's a good feeling.
0: One thing that I saw on your website that I loved and I have to bring up while we're on, um, on air is you have this line that says large enough to meet your financial needs, small enough to know your name when you call. And I just love that because I, I am just such a big fan of keeping Businesses small enough yeah. to where you're so personally connected with your clients,
1: and and it goes back to the relationships, right? I mean, all of my clients have my cell phone number, and while there's probably been a Sunday afternoon or two when I wish that wasn't the case, <laughs> really, you know, that's that's what it's about is just really where we are there for our clients. It's their businesses are our businesses, you know, and. Um, and, and that's exactly what it is. We we have the bandwidth to help, you know, even, I wouldn't say the largest of companies, because clearly that's not the case. But in the small to medium sector, we have the bandwidth to help the largest of those businesses. But yet we are still a small, intimate team with really close relationships with our clients. And we really do, you know, take, take everyone's businesses to heart. I mean, it's, all of my clients are you know, my companies and, and we support each other. You know, I have, I have a client who is a dog boarding facility. And so I buy my dog food from mm-hmm. her and, you know, it's, it's like a, a network of, of small businesses and a, and a community of entrepreneurs. And it's, I'm just really blessed.
0: The world of entrepreneurship and connecting with whether they're fi- male or female for everybody listening, like, mm-hmm. Just connecting with any type of entrepreneur, it's a whole different world. And it's so hard to explain to those that are scared to take the leap. So anybody chiming in, um, once you finally do it, highly suggest connecting with as many other business owners yeah. that you can to, to support and network with. And there's going to be so many people that are ready to take this leap because of COVID. You know, they're working from home. Yeah, They maybe people that lost their jobs. Um, the community in the entrepreneurship world <laughs> is what I'm gonna call it. Um, is so yeah. tight knit and it's so amazing to to all support each other. So I love that. Um It really
1: can- is. Yeah. And we all, you know, no matter the industry, we all have the same pains and the same struggles. You know, they might they might apply themselves differently, but it really is um a, a, a nice connection and great networking and and you know that's also where the majority of your business comes from at least in my experience are those those networks of entrepreneurs and um what an amazing marketing tool that is
0: yeah it's incredible almost every single podcast we talk about is the power of of networking and how the majority of anybody that we have on their business comes from word of mouth granted I own a yeah. marketing agency and I'm like, marketing is so important <laughs> and it is, but there's so much to be said about those relationships. Um, whether it's, yeah. fr- you know, it, f- friends on Facebook, even if you're posting on a regular basis and they, they see and hear about you and they tag your brand page or it's those personal connections with your clients where they're referring their friends and family that own businesses. Yes. Um, but it's an incredible And it doesn't community. have
1: to be, you know, a scary thing either. I, this is, coming from me I'm an an introvert and a you know a math whiz I mean I'm I'm by no means a you know an extremely outgoing person so that networking word for me used to be very scary but but it really isn't it's really been very organic and the relationships are very genuine and you know there's no public speaking involved on on my (laughs) end at least you know, I guess you could center this public speaking, but we're <laughs> in the comfort of my own home is a little different. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I'm like, we get to be, you know, in the comfort of our own homes, um, which is great. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's what I love about what I do um, since the beginning. Yeah. Kind of, you know, same thing. I, just, I wanted to start working from home and have a lot of flexibility. And I grew slowly with my team and always made sure to take that step back. Yeah. Um, but I am super, super, super introvert. (laughs) So I love the fact that I can hide, you know, in quotes, nobody (laughs) can see my little hand quotes right now, but I can hide behind the computer in a way and Mm -hmm. um, do a lot of my networking there. And then the actual connections that I make are, are like friendships. Um, They're not forced and they are very very organic. I am a a big advocate for that. Um, And it doesn't have to be scary. And podcasts are fun um I didn't want to do them at first honestly (laughs) I'm like I'm too introverted for this there's no way and then I was like no I think it'll be okay because I like to teach people things um
1: yeah you break that feeling it's um yeah it's I think anything that's that's kind of scary in that way is is also really really exciting once you do it and you realize that hey you know I, I can do this I can put myself out there and the feedback is good, right? Once you get that first piece of good feedback, you your confidence is back, and you can do it again and and continue to grow.
0: Definitely, that first leap, and then you're like, okay, I got this. <laughs> I yeah. can do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, for all of our listeners, um, what are what's one thing that you wished business owners knew before coming to you for services, um, mm-hmm. rather? Rather than one thing you wished you knew before starting, which we'll dive into later, but what's one thing you wished business owners knew before they come to you?
1: That's a really interesting question. You know, I, people come to me from all different walks of life and all different places in their careers. So, uh, you know, you mentioned in the very beginning in the intro that I work with for-profit and nonprofit. So I'll have these, you know, large established nonprofits come to me and they know exactly what they're looking for. And then I have a, you know, a new young entrepreneur who doesn't know what they need. They just know that they need help. So I guess, you know, my, my main thing of what I wish people knew before they came to me was just that they don't know what they don't know. No one expects them to. Um, and, and also that there, there's no judgment. So a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, oh my gosh, my, my books are in disarray. It's such a mess. You know, I, I really need help. And my typical thing I say to them is, that, you know, people don't typically come to me because their books are in order and perfect. So so you're not alone. But, but that's really the truth is, you know, we're here because people need help. So there's no shame in that. In fact, it, it's, it's, so amazing, you know, to take that step and and bring in the help that you need. And so just to just to ask questions and and be open and know that that you're not the first person to not have tracked your expenses or or whatever it might be that's preventing you from taking that step.
0: I love that. Yeah, just be confident, know that you're reaching out for that support and that first step is just what's important. Don't worry about how messy it is because I'm sure you've seen it all and don't be embarrassed. Just, (laughs) you know, yeah, definitely great advice. I love that. Um, do you have any advice for people in in being better prepared so they can do an initial step before coming to you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and, um, and even, you know, small businesses that are small enough that they don't need a bookkeeper. There are a couple key things that I always advise clients that these are like number one, top priorities, whether you come to me or not. Um, So one of those is, is separating your money, um, separating your bank accounts. So anytime that you're going to start a business, you want to make sure that your personal finances and your business finances are separate. So a lot of very new entrepreneurs um, haven't taken that step yet to just go get a business bank account and run their business money through this separate account. It's a really simple step. Um, it, you know, it's it's an easy process, relatively easy to to do, and and that's really the key number one step to to truly um, setting yourself up for success. Now so my second second suggestion then is to get an accounting software. So I'm a, a QuickBooks. Um, person. Most of the people in my field, I think, are at least the ones that that I, that I know. Um, but there's a lot of other systems out there. Generally, you're just looking for a software that's going to help you track your income and your expenses. Um, and, and nowadays with you know the, the cloud software, it, it can be um, very, very intuitive. So if you don't have a lot of activity and you're really new, it might be something that you can manage yourself. But those are they're definitely number one and number two is separate out that money and and get yourself an accounting software to help you track the, the, the money coming in and out.
0: Love that. Yeah, that's um, order of our classes that we have is idea viability, business name, business plan, business structure, mm-hmm. register business, banking and payment processing, because we see it time and yes. time and time and time again. I'm like. You're putting it in your personal bank account like you can't do that <laughs> for so many reasons yes. but no. <laughs> um so yeah. I love that you touched on that cuz it's it's something I'm really passionate about and teaching like right when you start. You, you guys got Yeah, go get it's just a little
1: account. thing, you know that
0: that someone might not think of or they might think
1: oh I don't need to do that yet. Um but it it it's crucial and and it just really sets you up for success. Because it's always easier to start out on the right foot than to fix things later.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, we we don't need you guys backpedaling. <laughs> the headache and the yes. time and and all of that fun yeah. stuff is not worth it. Do the do the steps. Get that separate bank account set up, and then like you had shared, their like, sex set up for success I moving forward. I agree. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, what's one thing you wish you knew before you started your business?
1: Hmm. Oh, there's so many, um, right. you know, which is funny because I, yeah, <laughs> because I advise other businesses, so I should be I, I should be in the know. But I, you know, I'm still learning all the time. Um, I managing people has has been one of the hardest things for me, and that's not just my team; it's also my clients. It's it's just managing expectations. So I think when I first started. I wish I would have just maybe kind of learn more about that, or you know, set set a plan in place. Not just you know, this is what I know how to do. This is this is my skill, but also you know, these are these are my goals as far as um, clients or team members, and just kind of set that structure for myself because I have um, I have struggled with with that piece of it. Um, it's kind of a balancing act. But I—that's probably what I wish I would have focused on a little bit more in the beginning. Um, I mean, you get through it, you know. I kind of learned as I went, which which has all worked out. Um, but definitely was something I could have focused on more in, in the in the early days. Something else is is pricing. Um, I had to learn that kind of the hard way. And again, you know, maybe this is a female thing. I've, I've, I've read lots of articles that mm. it is. Maybe it's not. But don't undervalue yourself. Um, when I first started, you know, I did like a market analysis. So I, I chatted with a couple other people in the industry to find out what they were charging. And then I said, cool. So I'm probably worth about half of that. <laughs> and that was how I, I structured my pricing. And, you know, eventually I was able to get up to where I think I truly am worth. But, but don't, don't, don't cut yourself down just because, you know, you're unsure, um, and I had to learn that one the hard way, but uh, but got out of that eventually.
0: <laughs> there's a famous quote where it says, entrepreneurship is like building an airplane on your way down. And I couldn't agree with that no. line more because it's so true. Like, we're like, okay, yes. we're doing this. We're flying. Okay, let's figure this all out and pull all these things together. And yes. it's so hard to know every little tiny piece, especially when there's not any Yet, <laughs> resources <laughs> that guide you through all of those steps from A to Z, and it's so easy to look back and be like, I wish I knew this one yeah. thing. But what's also crazy is sometimes, yet. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Keyword, yeah. Um, sometimes those mistakes have led to bigger successes, and one of my favorite things, True. um that I learned just following Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx was she had zero business background. Like she didn't go to business school. And those are always my favorite stories to, to follow is like yeah. they're super successful um, females that don't have this background and they're like I just had this idea and I just made it happen and for her and what I love about her is she had five thousand dollars in her savings and she was selling fax machines door to door before she started Spanx (laughs) and one day she was like I love it I'm gonna cut um you know the feet off my pantyhose because she wanted something to help her look great uh in her white jeans and she just she was just like why does this not exist yet and then she's researching, no background at all, researching, trying to figure out how to get these things made and manufactured. And she's like, wait, but why do you use these particular things and, in, in pantyhose? Like, and she yeah. questioned everything because she didn't have the background or the experience and it helped lead to her success. And then she also like, I don't remember, recall the full story. So anybody interested, definitely highly suggest going and checking it out. But she had shared that, you know, it's, there's a typical process you're supposed to go through to pitch to these major department stores, and she did not do it. She, like, picked up the phone and and was determined mm. to be able to sell her product in this department store, and she didn't follow that standard process. And guess what? She went, she, she got it, and she went and she pitched to Neiman Marcus, and she could tell that the pitch wasn't going well. And she was like, just follow me. And she like made the lady follow her to the bathroom. And she showed them like on her in the bathroom. And she was like, I broke all the rules. (laughs) But guess what? It worked. I I love this story. (laughs) Yeah, it worked. And so don't for all of our listeners, like, don't be scared. You don't have to do everything perfect. Obviously, like learning from some podcasts on some some suggestions on setting up a separate bank account, um, definitely take advice. But if you don't know, like, don't be too scared to build that airplane on the way down, because there's so many successful, small and massive um, business owners out there that didn't have any experience and didn't have any guidance or direction. And guess what, like, Sarah Blakely is a female billionaire now. So (laughs) that's an incredible story.
1: And you know, that just says to me, ask, ask, the questions. They might not be the right questions, but like in her case, I mean, it could lead to incredible innovation just because you ask the question that that no one else asks. So I really love that. Thanks for sharing that story.
0: It's so fun. I love her. I like follow her on social media now, like after learning all about her story and, um, you know, it'll randomly give me passion and drive throughout the day. So I try (laughs) to, I'm like, Everybody go check her out. it's so it's so cool. Um, she actually just recently launched the red red backpack project to where she's giving back to uh, business owners, which is pretty cool if anybody wants to check that out and needs some beautiful. some funding because she always had her red backpack with her. It's like her lucky red backpack. Um, but yeah, speaking of funding and stuff, there's another round of payment protection program the PPP. I can imagine oh, you're going to be yes. pretty busy with that coming up.
1: Yeah, this is this is my topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this is basically over the holiday, right? At, right at the end of the year, um, Congress passed additional legislation for a second round of PPP, um, the Paycheck Protection Program, and yeah, we'll be we'll be very busy. We helped our clients to get um, tons of funding in the first round. And, you know, it was kind of like operating in the dark for everybody uh, because legislation was just being thrown at us so quickly and everything was changing. So not to say that won't completely happen this time around because inevitably there will be, you know, some changes. But I feel like we're a little bit more prepared going into the second round, um, at least able to identify maybe like potential inefficiencies that we had the first time. Um, and, and kind of iron those out going forward. So if anybody is you know, listening and, and needs help um, accessing a PPP loan or just really any funding, there's so much funding out there right now, um, particularly through the CARES Act, but also, also private funding. We've been helping our clients to get uh, grants, private grants, government grants. Um, lots of funding going on out there. So you know that's something that you know you can reach out to us if you need help with. that um, the second round of PPP it's going to be for first time and second time borrowers. So if you took advantage of a loan last year, there's a chance you can take a second one. And if you didn't qualify or you opted out for the first round, um might be something you want to consider. Uh, these are these are the forgivable loans. So, you know, if you if you spend them on certain expenditures within a certain period of time, uh, the SBA is forgiving these loans, and then it basically becomes tax-free income for you. And honestly, it's a it's a really incredible program, um, and I, I really encourage any businesses to to look into it and see if it might be able to help them. Especially, you know, it's been a struggle this past gosh, we're going on year, um, but it, it's been really hard on small businesses, and you have to be vigilant, you have to have your eyes open for these types of opportunities, they're not just going to drop in your lap, but they are out there, and there's, there's people, myself included, um, here to help, here to help, you know, you guys get the, the funding that, that you need to, to stay afloat, so definitely something I can assist with. If anyone has any questions on that,
0: I have a question. So it says yeah. payment protection program, um, right? That that's the the three Ps payment yes. protection. Okay, that's for if you have payroll employees only.
1: It is so the the, the name of the program is Paycheck Protection Paycheck. Program. Got it. Um, so it, it's for it's twofold. It is mainly for businesses that have W two employees. Or it's for sole proprietors and independent contractors. um, Who it's not for are small volunteer-ran organizations. Um, But if you are a business with employees or if you are a small sole proprietor or independent contractor, even if you yourself are not on W-2, you still qualify for a loan. Um, And and the loans are dictated a little bit differently depending on which of those two you are. So you're either going to have W-2 employees or you're going to be an independent contractor sole proprietor. Um, If you have W-2 employees, the amount of money that you can borrow is dependent on how much you've paid those employees. If you are a sole proprietor or an independent contractor, the amount of money that you can borrow is dependent on your net income. From your 2019 tax return, so assuming that you um, that you had revenue, that you had income in 2019, uh, you are absolutely eligible for these loans, and they're actually very, very simple for the sole proprietor. So, something that uh, that you should definitely consider taking advantage of, even if you know you are just a 1099 independent contractor, you can still qualify.
0: I think that was one of the biggest misconceptions was, oh, I have to have a bunch of people on payroll to qualify. So for all of our listeners listening in, if you're, you know, a sole proprietor, independent contractor, um, there are opportunities and please reach out to learn more and see what, um, what it takes to qualify for that or what's available to you. I feel like with these programs, it's almost like a conversation. It reminds me that I had with my brother when he's applying for colleges. Cause I'm like, look, there's so many Mm -hmm. grants and these opportunities for you to get money, but you have to go after it. You have to go after it. You have to do the research or find someone who specializes in finding those opportunities for you. Either you do it yourself and it's a ton of work or you find someone um, that specializes in this. Otherwise, guess what? you're losing yeah. free money. <laughs> it, t- it takes time. Absolutely. And effort, but... You have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And we have,
1: you know, shameless self-promotion here, but we have a resources tab on our website. So it's, it's my umbrella slash resources. And, and on that tab, we try to keep all of the most up-to-date information about these programs. So given that, you know, my husband is in video production, he helps me to make Some, some videos getting the information out. We also try to do, you know, a little one page guidance, um, depending on how people like to get their information, but check out that resources tab. We try to keep it updated. And if there, if you have questions on anything you see there or, um, you know, if, if you need assistance moving forward, please reach out and we are here to help.
0: Perfect. We'll link that in the description for the podcast, so they can easily just for you guys listening in the description, just check it out. And you can easily click that link, and it'll direct you straight to this page. I just pulled it up. I've got it in front of me. This is great stuff. Great content.
1: Yay! Yeah, it's constantly changing. Um, I've got a amazing team member named Shay who's always keeping it up to date for us. So, so yeah, check it out. Um, and as new guidance comes out, we will keep it all there central and in, in one place. Um, so you guys can, can read those articles and, and get that information as it develops.
0: Hey, I love having these resources available. Like I'm like, okay, how can we put this on the Action Maven's website right now? So people can find it and have, uh, these yeah. incredible information. So helpful. It's, So important, again, just specifically for this, because it's free money if you qualify and, you know, you went through the basic um, things for them. Yeah, and there's
1: opportunities out there, too. You know, I mean, we talked about grants and PPP loans, but there's a lot of different things happening right now, both on the government level, but also on a private level. And there's a lot of, of organizations who are trying to help. Um, and, and so, you know, there's some websites and things that you can go to to kind of check out those opportunities. But like we said, you have to, you have to be your own advocate and you've got to look for this stuff, but it's out there. And, you know, this has been a heck of a year. So you're, you're not alone if you're struggling and, and that's what this stuff is out there for, you know, and, and going back to what I had said earlier, a lot of this is about compliance. So these PPP loans can be really scary if, if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, that's, that's exactly what we're here to help with is to make sure that you stay compliant, make sure you can reach that full forgiveness on those loans. um, And and just make sure you're not falling into any of the typical pitfalls that we see when, you know, people take funding that they're not really sure what they're supposed to do with. Um, So, so do your homework, but but there are, again, people and resources out
0: there for you. Perfect stuff. Well, you added so much value to, uh, for our listeners today. So thank you so much for that. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we hop off?
1: Um, I can think of, you know, I just want to thank you so much for, for having me. This has been so much fun and, I'm sorry that I couldn't be there in person, but I'll tell you I'm drinking coffee right now out of my favorite mug. And it says life is tough, but so are you.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's perfect. Especially with right now and everything that's been going on in the world. I I love that saying and little reminder while you sip on your favorite coffee. Mm -hmm. That's great.
1: Well, thank you so much for, for having me here today. It's been really great visiting with you and, um, again, to any of the listeners, you know, I hope to hear from you. And if we can help you in any way, please reach out.